So, Annalise, last week, we started to broach the conversation about how you took two distinct disciplines, archaeology and media or media production, storytelling, teaching via mass media, and you've married them together, not only professionally, meaning full-time job, but also what I would call nonfiction brand building in terms of your TikTok content as well. Why? Did you do two things like that and marry them together like peanut butter and chocolate? Um, well, I don't know if there is an answer for why. It just kind of ended up happening that way. I mean, I've always liked television. I've liked watching. I, I love a good documentary. I, you know, grew up on those big sort of old school blue chip National Geographic and Discovery Channel documentaries. You know, it was the 90s. It was a great time to be a documentary. So that's what I grew up on. And then if you sprinkle in a dash of Anthony Bourdain when he rocked up in the early 2000s, that, you know, those, those are the TV shows that I like to watch. And so I liked that. And also, you know, on the track to get my degrees and be an archaeologist. And I just thought, hey, you know, at some point, it would be cool to see more archaeology stuff on TV because that's what I like seeing. And surely someone else is going to like it, too. I had no idea that it would lead to this specific place. I had no idea that it would take the path that it did, but here we are. And yeah, I mean, it's been a wild ride. And I wish I could say that there's a blueprint for other people to follow in my footsteps and do the same thing too, but there isn't. And for the longest time, it was kind of just me in this weird little space. But now um, there are a couple more hybrid or sort of, you know, media-focused archaeology degree programs that I've been hearing about through the grapevine. So there's there's something coming, and there's about to be a whole new generation of archaeologists and graduates who are thinking about archaeology in the context of either media or social media or different kinds of, you know, media presentations. And it's going to be really exciting. Like, the next couple of years are going to be really, really exciting. Well, in the, the next couple of years, they're going to launch careers for people that are interested in being not only deeply skilled in their various fields of endeavor, but also willing to put their public face out there and grab it. Now, for those of us old enough, we'll remember a certain guy who popularized billions and billions of galaxies way back in the day, Carl Sagan. Like if you, not so much now. But back in the 70s, 80s, even into the 90s, if you said name one astronomer, they would people would say Carl Sagan, Carl, Carl Sagan. Unfortunately, he passed away. But then came this new guy, Neil deGrasse Tyson, who is so smart and so branded now that people refer to him as NDT by his three initials. And he is the public face of astronomy. And it's not by mistake, there is a fantastic YouTube video of Neil deGrasse Tyson talking about how he learned the value of the soundbite. You know, and without you can watch it, just look up Neil deGrasse Tyson's value of soundbite or something like that, and you'll be able to find it. But the bottom line was, as the newly minted director of the Hayden Planetarium in New York City, 
some astronomical thing would be going on. Like, I don't know, maybe there's a asteroid coming toward Earth. And so every producer on TV has to have an astronomer on to say, it's not going to hit Earth. Don't worry. So they would, he would get the call. They would do what producers like you do, which is set up the camera and talk to him for 20 minutes and grab that two and a half second soundbite where he said, don't worry, it's not going to hit us. Exactly. Yeah. Soundbites are amazing. Oh, yeah. But but he learned, oh, they didn't want the whole there's no way that this could hurt, hurt us because of the parabola arc of the thing. And the they didn't want that. They just wanted Give me something tasty. It's called a soundbite because it's tasty. It's immediately understandable and you can munch on it and go, got it. Well, now if you ask, uh, name a famous American astronomer, he's going to be the guy, period. Nine times out of 10. And yeah, well, exactly. I was trying to think, okay, if someone said to me, name a famous American archaeologist. Hmm. Crickets. Yeah, literally crickets. Why is that? Why hasn't someone taken that spot that is sitting there? Because let me tell you, people like me, people like you, and people like all your followers. I mean, how many followers do you have on on TikTok? Over 100,000, almost 200,000? 137,000? Yeah, I mean, and also millions of views and stuff. And yeah. uh, there's an well, audience there. could have been very nice people just letting letting things loop for five minutes, but um, yeah, well, no, I mean... <laughs> no, but, but but my point is, someone's going to take that position, and yeah. the the reality is, there's not just one position. There oh, is no, no. someone will become the Neil deGrasse Tyson for the the main broadcast channels, but there are just as many other channels that need their own version of whoever that expert is. And I, I got to ask you, have you been approached by anyone outside of TikTok about, hey, we'd love to get your tick take on something that's happening in the world of archaeology or anything like that yet? Nope. And that is most likely because I'm not technically an expert. I don't have a PhD. I might get one someday. I That's just not where my academic journey took me right away, mostly because PhDs cost a lot of money. It's a lot of money and a lot of time. And so because I don't have doctor or PhD tacked onto my name anywhere, I'm technically not an expert. I mean, I've run into issues on shows that I've worked on in the past where I knew the answer to a question and I knew the, the information that we were looking for, you know, as part of the research or something like that. But I had to go find someone else to say the exact same thing that I knew because they had, you know, they had a PhD. So they were technically an expert. So that's that's probably one reason. I think the other reason is because I, you know, I maybe don't have millions of followers or anything like that. It's like I'm not an influencer. I'm really not. And I I mean, the the only thing I influence people to do is read and buy books and maybe go to a museum if they feel like it. That's it. I'm I'm not here trying to influence people to do things the way that the, you know, traditional social media influencers do. And on top of that, like I'm not I'm not actually chasing anything. I'm not staking my entire livelihood on a social media platform and, you know, the the content I put out and then the feedback I receive from that because I already have a full-time job <laughs> and this is this is meant to be something additional and for fun 
And literally everything that's come from it has been a, a uh, exciting and baffling bonus for all of it. I, I, I hear what you're saying, <laughs> but I see a little bit of something going on in your mind that I find pretty darn fascinating. There's, I'm looking at your TikTok page right now, and the third one, if you look at the grid, the third one on the first row says, want to take an archaeological tour with me? <laughs> okay, so picture this. You get to know Annalise through your TikTok feed and you go, oh, I, I love her energy. I love her spirit. I love the way she explains stuff and contextualizes things. I love her, just the way she does it, or what I would say the nonfiction aspect of Annalise Fair, which is who you are, what you do, and how you do it. The how you do it is always with a smile on your face and energy in your voice you know, a twinkle in your eye, a mm -hmm. take a look at how cool this is. And there are a whole lot of people who want that in their life. And then you say, I want to take an archaeological tour with me. And then you invite anybody to go to a, take a, a, not a quiz, but a survey and say, where would you like to go? If just, if I were to do this, where would you like to go? Now, from what I can tell, the first number one was Egypt which makes a lot of sense for anybody who loves yeah, the pharaohs. Very on brand. <laughs> yeah, and all the stuff that's going on with the, maybe maybe they found, yes, they did find Cleopatra's tomb. I don't know, did they? Oh, all Not that yet. stuff, which is, which is very exciting. But then you say, and number two, let's see all the cool Neolithic stuff in Scotland. That's her current number one video, where she found out that the number two place people wanted to go is Scotland. And the I have a theory about why Scotland ranked so high. It's due to a because book series awesome. and a TV show yeah. about a, 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 a kilt-clad hottie. Back in time. And yeah. then there's some Scotland in the background. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The Outlander effect, 100%. But Which that's my is, point. Is great. <laughs> you just what? talked about how, well, you know, I don't have a PhD, blah, 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 blah. I don't see any Outlander fan having any problem with you not having a PhD. If you're going to take me on a trip to see the Standing Stones where I just might be able to walk through a gateway into another time. Of course. Let's go. Let's go. Like this, you know, this, time, this time is acting all kinds of weird. Let's just let's pick another one. Well, it, but but the whole point is that there's a truism in marketing. Don't build it before they buy it. Meaning mm -hmm. don't go out there and make all sign a bunch of contracts about lodging and food and transfer services, transportation services before you know that there's a desire for it. Like we were talking before I hit the go live button about the fact that if you had 20 or 30 people who are like, yeah, here's my deposit, you could act absolutely Amazing. do a, a tour like that. But if it were only two, you couldn't. The whole point yeah. is you don't know. You're you're not a traditional, like you said, a traditional influencer. You're but you're using these platforms to not only build your brand, but potentially build an entire career. But we don't know that for sure yet. We're testing the waters and all of this is testing waters and dipping toes into places to see if I even want to be there. And yeah, the thing with the trips is it is brand new and like I said, is it is an exciting and a bit of a baffling bonus that's come out of this. I had some people reach out to me that actually coordinate these trips. And the first step was literally just, you know, 
taking the temperature, gauging interest to see if this was something that anybody wanted to do. And apparently this response has been an overwhelming yes. So that's super cool. And that means I now apparently have to plan plan some trips for people. And basically the idea, I hope, is that it would basically be people getting to have the experience that some of my friends have had being in a museum with me and just watching me sort of turn into a crazed squirrel and get super excited about all the stuff. And they get the best tour they've ever had in their life, even though they didn't, or if they wanted it, or even if they didn't, they were getting it anyways. And that's, that is the, I guess, the real and genuine me experience or, you know, being near me in proximity to anything old and ancient that I'm interested in. It's, that's that's what it's going to be. Well, and there's another aphorism that's applied to marketing and sales, which is sales is nothing more than the transfer of enthusiasm. Well, that's what every good, that's what every good teacher does. And you are essentially a salesperson for archaeology and history and how cool this is and how it set up the tutors for how their line became, you know, the kings and queens of England. Oh, the tutors is far too recent. Oh, modern. We, well, let's talk about that. So what is your sweet spot when it comes to your, your archaeological, sociological, well, not sociological so much, but anthropological yeah. interests? And not even anthropology. Yeah, get out of here. Um, oh, okay. So, <laughs> and I made a TikTok about that because people are always wondering what's the difference between anthropology and archaeology. But no, my my sweet spot, my, my area of expertise where I tend to hang out the most is... Um, according to all the degrees that I have, the classical Mediterranean and the ancient Near East. So that's basically the middle to Eastern half of the Mediterranean. So we've got Rome, Greece, Egypt. We've got everybody hanging out in what is now in in the Levant, as it is called in academic textbooks. Mesopotamia gets to come to the party too, everybody in there. And, and then it's, you know, friends and neighbors of all of those people and places. And like any archaeologist, we all have just a million sub-interests of other things that we're interested in. And, you know, that's why I can talk about, you know, Neolithic standing stones in, in Scotland and in England, because that's super cool. And I actually have had to do a bunch of research into that for past shows that I worked on. So I was like, file that way. That's super cool. I had a great time learning about all that stuff. And also, you know, weirdly, Mesoamerica. So, you know, Aztec and Maya stuff. I've had to do a ton of deep dives onto various Aztec and Maya topics. There was even a two-week period where I had to teach myself how to read Mayan glyphs and specifically the numbers to get the number system right so that I could find the glyph that we were looking for and needed to show in an image or a show. It melted my brain. But it was very fun. Well, that's that's really interesting. And you would think, or some may think that, well, that ancient history stuff, everyone's already dug up everything. But the reality oh, no. is lately, oh, no. I, I swear the last 10 years has seen just a explosion of cool stuff going, not only in Egypt, but Turkey. Everywhere. Yeah, exactly. And I just read something, who knows, maybe you were the one who told me this via one of your TikToks, that uh, DNA studies of ancient man have identified, or ancient hominids have identified sections of hotspots 
geographically where they believe the majority of these hunter-gatherers were and their areas that have never been dug, you know? So it, 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 you know. Yeah, and a lot of that, a lot of these, you know, seemingly sudden and out of the blue discoveries and, you know, again, it, it really is a, a fascinating and exciting time to be an archeologist or doing anything remotely related to ancient people, ancient history, ancient cultures. And that's because we have technology. We have all of this technology at our disposal that can do all of these incredible things that wouldn't even have been dreamed of, you know, 20 years oh. ago. The fact that we can, I mean, LIDAR has revolutionized the field of not just archeology, span but specifically Mesoamerican archeology span because you can do a multiple lifetimes worth of surveying in the rainforest of, you know, Guatemala and the Mayan highlands and lowlands, multiple lifetimes of surveying can be done in a day with LIDAR. And it strips away all the foliage, all the trees that have taken over everything because it's the rainforest. And cities are coming out of the woodwork. Cities and highways, sock bays, I know that word. Yeah. Um, like all of the, you know, all of these things are literally coming out of the, the forest. And this, something like this would not have been possible otherwise. And, you know, I've, I've heard, you know, Mesoamerican archaeologists say as much like it would have been a full lifetime simply doing the surveying to try to find some of these places because you have to like go on foot through the rainforest. Yeah. And that takes a lot of time. And they can do it in a day if you get the funding, of course. Right. And then, yeah, things like strontium analysis. It, that's one of my favorite things to do on bones and specifically teeth because it strontium is a mineral that gets deposited into your teeth and specifically when you're young and when you're growing up. And so even if you go out into the world, you move, move away from your home wherever you were born, you will still retain essentially the markers from your home, your your place of birth in your teeth. And so we can find that in ancient people. And that's how we found that notable individuals like Utsi were born, you know, far, somewhat far away from where he was found or, you know, fairly nearby-ish. Or I think, who was the other one? The, the Amesbury Archer, a famous, a, a famous person who was found near Stonehenge. He was from like Austria, yeah, basically. Well, like, yeah, the, uh, and I'm not going to get this right because I am not even <laughs> I'm not even anywhere near expert. But the idea that you can through the the strontium in people's teeth tell not only where they were born but where they went and how many times they went back and forth between two places because they drank water or ate food from mm -hmm. different sources and stuff. It, it's mind blowing. It's fascinating stuff and. Let me tell you, there's room, maybe not on the mainstream broadcast channels for experts like you. You know, the mainstreams are going to go to the handful of professional, you know, pundits and crap like that in whatever field. But that doesn't matter. People like you who are getting out there and sharing who you are, what you do and how you do it in a way that is enthusiastically sharing all those things putting the light on yourself, stepping into your own personal spotlight, you are going to have that group of people who are like, oh, you're doing a Outlander tour of Scotland? I'm in. Or, oh, you're going to do the Cleopatra's Path tour in Egypt and maybe head on over to the Rome too? 
oh, I'm in for that too. You know, I, I just see tremendous things for you. But the first thing is the will to do it. What is your goal with doing all this stuff? My goal is to just make the past, whether that's, you know, history, archaeology, just ancient people, is to make it accessible because it is endlessly fascinating. And at the end of the day, it is really just a study of us as people. And we've always been like this. Ancient people had the same, the same wants, the same desires, the same concerns that we have today. The only thing that's really changed is maybe the surroundings, but our, our ancient ancestors really were just like us. And that's endlessly cool to me. And it helps us learn more about who we are as individuals and as a, you know, a larger group of people. It helps us learn what things have been like in the past, where we've come from, how we got here and potentially where we're going. And it's just really cool. And the unfortunate thing is that so much of this gets bogged down in bad storytelling and poor communication about who these people were and what these topics are. And so, so much of the beauty of it all gets lost. So I'm kind of just here to hopefully get people as excited about ancient things and ancient people as I am, because I love it. And I think other people love it too. And there's, there's, it's all available out there for free, basically. And there should really be no reason why people end up on a, a weird YouTube channel or a weird website that's peddling some kind of, you know, adva ancient, advanced civilization, alien crystals, built the pyramids nonsense, when the truth behind it all is so much cooler and yep. way more interesting and is totally worth learning about because, you know, even like, like you said, there has been so many new discoveries and, you know, leaps forward forward in our knowledge and understanding about ancient things that we're learning more about ancient people and, you know, even people like people who built the pyramid, for example, every single year. And it's so cool. Well, yeah, I, I'm going to quote back one of your recent or fairly recent TikToks where you're talking about that, for lack of a better word, the papyrus spreadsheet that was actually showing the the, the number of blocks that were being transported yep. by a 40 person crew. And yep, it's like, well, and, and the fact that you, you even kind of did the, and so they had receipts and these are the receipts for the fact that people right did there. this, which is yep. more amazing than some type of alien hovercraft transporting yeah. these things, you know, at yeah, any rate, like, people did that. That's crazy. That's so yeah, cool. It is. And people are doing crazy, cool stuff today, just like Annalise Bear, who is using TikTok and other platforms to get her enthusiasm, her passion, her excitement, her curative ability, all of these things she's demonstrating via these channels. And I think it's only going to do good things for her and her career. And also secondary effects that mean something to me as the father of three daughters Having a woman who is so passionately interested in, in sciences, you know, people talk all the time about the problem with women not being in STEM fields. Well, guess what? You have more people like Annalise out there showing people just how exciting it is. There are 
untold thousands who are going to go, you know what? I see myself doing that. I don't see myself on a beach in Belize with the wind blowing my hair doing some mimetic dance on TikTok. I don't see myself doing that. But maybe I could go on a dig in Albania with Annalise. Wouldn't that be cool? Well, yeah. anyway, and as you can see- And that will be possible in a couple of years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as you can see, I'm a big fan of Annalise and I hope you will become a big fan of hers as well. You can check her out on TikTok. She is at Annalise the Archaeologist on the Tickety Talk. But also, you're, you've got a, that, we kind of teased it earlier. You've got a survey going on about, hey, essentially, where should we go on vacation? Uh, you know, if you were to go on a tour, an archaeological-oriented tour with Annalise, where would you like to go? Where can people go to actually participate in that survey? That survey is going to be up for two more days. So uh, I'm not sure when these episodes are coming out, but... Yeah, so the survey is up for two more days, and it was really just the the very initial like temperature check to see if people were interested in these sorts of things, and people have been kind enough to respond. So it'll I'll take it down on Wednesday, and then I will be moving into the trip planning stage for those exciting trips that people apparently want to take with me. So yay! Well, and this will air after you have taken that down, but don't worry if you follow Annalise on TikTok, you're going to see, I'm sure, a ton of content about you talking about potential itineraries or here's a highlight thing we're going to look at. Here's a book you might want to read in advance of the trip so you can really understand the context of some of the stuff we're doing. And I'm just guessing, but my God, you're going to have a whole cottage industry dedicated to, to this stuff. And I, for one, am so thrilled to see someone like you doing that so full throatedly and with such a, a kind, open, loving, sharing heart. So good on you, Annalise Bear. Again, Annalise, A-N-N-E-L-I-S-E, Bear, B-A-E-R. You can check her out at AnnaliseBear.com and also Annalise, the archaeologist on TikTok. Well, that's it for this week on the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. As always, don't forget, it was brought to you by this guy, this clown, this book, Nonfiction Brand, discover, craft, and communicate the completely true, completely you brand that you already are. You can get that over at the House of Bezos, Amazon.com, anytime you'd like. That's it for this week on the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. And also, thank you so much to my special guest, who will name herself. I'm DP Knuton, and she is... Annalise Bear. And I'll be talking at you again next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>